0: today is to help you see your own nose. For some of you that's probably a bit easier than others, but the reality is is in front of our eyes every single day we have our nose sitting there. But because it's there every day, because it's just a part of the scenery, our brains are designed to see that as not pertinent information. And so we see right past it. We don't even recognize that our nose is there until we take the time to look. And as I say that, you can see it. You can see your nose with your eyes. And you realize it is there. The reality is, is the majority of us, because we come to church every Sunday, because we are Christians, have creation, have Jesus and what he has done in front of us on a daily basis. And it can easily move towards the category of not pertinent information. Because I've heard it. Because I've seen it. Because there's, there's not a whole lot of new value there. Because in Christian lingo, we have the glory of God. Sacrifice. Salvation. Salvation. We have cliche words that lose their meaning because of repetition. And so my goal today is to take some time, some effort, and focus on the glory of Jesus. My hope and my desire is to inspire so that we walk out of here in something that has become maybe uh, day-to-day Something that has become old news, something that we have heard before, brings on a new life because we have a new perspective. If we don't have life, we have nothing. So, let's uh, start by praying and we will get into it. Father God, you're good to us. You have created us. You have sustained us. You have called us and we have heard those truths many times, would you please send your spirit to fall afresh on our hearts so that we have eyes to see and ears to hear the beauty and the majesty of the glory of Jesus. Please be patient with us and gracious as you have been We're confident you will continue to do it. That's in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to take a look today in, in John 1. I want to observe Jesus' actions and his character so that by the power of the Spirit, we can leave here changed. The best way to do that is by reading through his word, as Brother Ed already did. Um, and so we'll take it verse by verse and and we'll look at hopefully see some some depths here that um, that change us uh, let's begin actually not in verse one, but let's go to verse fourteen because it gives us a little bit of a, an overview gives us a, a little bit of um, a summary of what the rest of the verse is and we're going to use that as a lens to look at the verses that come before it so in John chapter one, verse fourteen, says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." Majority, I would guess, know that the Word also refers to Jesus, also refers to the Son. Colby has taught on this. Um, there's a whole sermon in that. But as as we read today. Um, Please know that that's all the same person and that can be interchanged. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So the way to find the beauty and the glory in Jesus is by seeing grace and truth in him. He doesn't just have some grace doesn't have just some truth he's full of grace it's overflowing it's there is no room for more grace and there is no room for more truth or another way to say it is he is grace he is truth and so that's sort of the the portal that's the archway grace and truth that we're going to walk through today and we're going to look at the rest of it and say how does that play out What does that grace look like for you and me? Let's take a look and see how we can be anchored in the truth of Jesus. And so I'd like to start by defining a little bit what grace and truth is. So grace, you can look at some uh, synonyms for grace in order to explain it. Anybody have any suggestions they'd like to give out? What is grace? Definition. Or a synonym of Blessing. grace. Blessing. Blessing. Favor. Favor. Getting, what you Getting what you don't deserve. Unmerited gift. Absolutely. Mercy. Mercy. God's, riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. God being oh so good to us. And we don't deserve it. In fact, as Matt said, we deserve the opposite. That's grace, favor, God's vision and attention and love and embrace to you, to me. And we know very well that we do not deserve it that we have no merit because we know ourselves. That is an introductory sentence about grace. So now we'll look at truth, reality. Just sit and let that marinate a little bit. What it's like to be connected to a rock. To an anchor. There is, as uh, Austin spoke a little bit, a weird world around us that we live in that is ever shifting. You get information as you try and form your opinions and your perspective on reality. And where do we get our information from? doesn't matter where you choose. There's always somebody on the other side. How, how, do you, how do you walk through life with a confidence and a stability that everything is okay if you're not coming back to the rock? And so we're going to see how that combination of truth and grace together is the glory of Jesus the only son just think about it for a moment what if we have only truth and no grace what happens in our relationships when we speak truth but without grace what's that we're toast toast. you try raising kids with truth, with reality, and no grace, you're shortchanging your children. You're trying to have friendships, you're trying to have a marriage where you speak the truth, how things really are. And even maybe trying to sound holy. I'm just, just speaking the truth. Just saying it is how it is. Just being clear. I don't want to be a liar. And it's not godly because it's only halfway there. It's truth without grace and is destructive and is not Jesus like. And on the flip side, if you only have grace and you don't have truth, then you have kindness that's based on a whim. You have social ease that's wishy washy, that has no foundation. And there's no confidence it's going to be there tomorrow because it's based on absolutely nothing. It's a farce. Being kind without it being rooted in anything. Kindness with no root. Has no value. It blows away like seeds in the wind. And so beauty happens in Jesus, because He is full of both grace and truth. There is no wavering. He holds firm to God's calling, He holds firm to His being, to who He is. And He does it in a way that is so full of love, that showers His favor on those around Him, on us, that it becomes something glorious. It's a recipe that's worth worshiping. We, however, tend to take the ingredients of that recipe and roll one way or the other. We'll say things how it is. And we lose the essence of Jesus Christ. His humility, his sacrifice, and we bring a war path, might be justified, but it's not Jesus-like. And on the flip side, we ignore faults, we ignore wrongs, we just keep silent because we don't want to rock the boat, and we're kind and gracious, and, and we give things, and we're nice. And we have no backbone. And it's not Jesus-like. So let us see today how the combination of truth and grace is what creates Jesus' glory. That's where beauty is found in our Savior. Because we have something to grasp and hold on to. We have truth. We have reality. And that reality is in our favor. That reality is focused on our well-being. And that power that we find in the truth of Jesus Christ is power that is used for our benefit. That's where the glory lies. The combination of grace and truth. And he's full of it. And so as we walk through here, we'll start with verse 1. And we'll kind of pick out some different Tidbits. We'll pick out some different pieces that exemplify his grace or his truth. Let's get to know Jesus a little deeper today. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made by the word. That's 100%. He overemphasizes to make sure that you know and it's very clear what is being said here. All things were made through him And without him was not anything made that was made. You remember our noses that are right here in front of our eyes? Do we forget the power of our creator? That we have pine trees and trout and beavers and caterpillars and microbiology right outside our doors. We have crows and ravens and a million other birds and insects and butterflies and plants, both grasses and forbs and trees and shrubs and mosses and lily pads and flowers of a million different varieties, with different shades and colors and sizes that thrive in different areas? Do we forget that we could be a million degrees colder or a million degrees hotter, and yet we are constantly right in the perfect zone for life? And that's just looking outside at Colorado. You go to the desert of Sonora and you have cactus, You have shrubs that grow with next to no water. You have lizards. You have snakes, horses, cows, sheep, goats. I could stand up here all day listing amazing, fascinating pieces of creation that we walk by every single day, that we zoom by to some pointless activity. Recognize the truth that we are in a created earth that blows your mind if you could understand 10% of what creation actually is. And that's just nature. How great is it that we can rely on gravity, on mathematics? It always plays out. The equations work because our creator designed it that way. You can move on to industry, to mechanics, to factories, to different systematic operations. Or you can move the other direction, and you can look at music, and you can look at art, and you can see the huge possibilities to observe the beauty of our creator. And that's all just outside of us. You start moving into the water and the whole world that are underneath the ocean floor. That are interacting in a million different ways and nobody ever sees. Our creator is spectacular. There is nothing greater than, as he said, with the word of his mouth, let there be light. Create light with the word of his mouth. That power that we find in the truth of creation in our creator, that power is looking on his children with favor. That's the opportunity open to us. That's the grace that we find. We pull in a little bit instead of looking at all the animals and nature and environment and space and the millions of miles out there that we don't even know what's there and just look at ourselves and the reality of your body working day and night while you're asleep your heart just keeps beating your lungs just keep going just because There's a million different operations in your body happening. Interactions between different parts and and your biology that's moving every single day. And the fact is, even as a sinner, even as a rebel, even when you had no taste and no desire for your God and your creator, he sustained you. He saved you when you were still in your sin. And when you were still in your sin, when you were still only focused on yourself. He was making your heart beat at night. And your lungs breathe. And the million other processes that our bodies need to stay alive. That's truth that you can hang on to. That's a reality that can shape and form us. So we see the truth there. All things were made by him. We see the level of of. Of, of power that by his word he brings forth such beauty and we fly by it because we think it's like our nose and we don't see the depth of his creation let's take a, a quick moment and just uh, let's let's thank God for being our creator God you have a amazing amount of power and creativity to bring into existence this earth our universe us as humans we just want to say thank you and acknowledge that it blows our mind the depths and heights and intricacies of your creation move on in chapter 6 I'm sorry verse 6 there was a man sent from God whose name was John he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him he was not the light but came to bear witness about the light John puts in a little a little blurb right there and just wants to clarify This spectacular being, the word that I'm talking about, is not me. I'm going to be talking about him. I'm here to bear witness, but it's not me. Then in verse 9, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. If you look back at verse 3 where he made everything he is the source of light and as we move forward it says I lost where I'm at here in 12 but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God let's sit. in In that combination for a little bit. So he creates this spectacular stage for us to live our life on. He is the source of life. So he brings us in. He sets us up. He sustains us and maintains us. And when he comes in the flesh to save us, says the world was made by him and we did not know him. He shows up on the scene and he receives nothing but confusion and rejection. A king coming down to his subjects and they don't see him for who he is. If he was just full of truth, the world would end. Because the reality is, the truth is the consequence for our sin is death if jesus the word as he became flesh was only full of truth he would have came and there would have been slaughter of everybody that is what happens with straight truth but he's not just full of truth He's full of grace. The fact that he came down in the flesh shows how full of grace he is. Can you imagine the restriction, the humiliation of being all-powerful, of speaking, let there be light. That level of power to walking. That is grace with a capital G. And so he comes in the flesh. He sacrifices his own good, his own status, his own dignity, becomes a human and brings us An example. So his glory and his truth that he's full of. And because we know some basic theology, that would also mean that God the Father is also full of truth and grace, as well as the Holy Spirit, because they are one. So God in his great design, the Father, alongside the second person of the trinity both full of grace and truth have a salvation plan and jesus leaves on a rescue mission but as we see with his arrival he's not met as a hero With repentant sinners. He's met with rejection. And a lot of misunderstanding. As we look at God the Father, we'll put ourselves back into uh, Jewish days. Okay? So Israel's wandering in the desert, or in Egypt, or a little after. Okay? They've seen God ish because as we keep reading here please follow me to verse 17 for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ no one has ever seen God the only God who is at the father's side he has made him known Israel knew that God was all-powerful, all-seeing, eternity, always has been, always will be. Does that feel a little out of touch? Does that feel a little hard to grasp? As As we concentrate on God the Father and His characteristics, we say, He has no beginning. Doesn't that feel a bit unattainable as, as a human to comprehend sorry that's where the Israelites lived they received the law but the closeness in the, in the, the, the relationship with God there was, there was a gap there that was hard to understand because to describe God you have to use words that we have never experienced We've experienced time. So how do we really comprehend eternity? We experience limit. So how do we understand all-powerful? We experience a little bit of knowledge. So how can we really comprehend full, all-encompassing knowledge? Jesus coming as a sacrifice was grace absolutely but jesus coming as an example walking out day to day life with other people was an immense grace for us and we miss it and we lose out on it because we've had the gospels since most of us were born or depending on your walk, maybe more recently, but the reality is the majority of us have seen Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John a lot of times, and we know the stories about Jesus, and we miss seeing what life would be like if we did not have an example in front of us. If we, not, if we could not see what grace looked like, what truth looked like, but on a human level, And so God, in his great love for us, sent Jesus, not just as a sacrifice, but as a living, breathing, walking example of his design, of how you and I, how humanity can flourish. And we miss out on that because it's always been there. Jesus is a good guy heard the stories some pretty good power there and we don't see the benefit we don't recognize we don't take a time take the time or a moment to step back what would my life look like if i couldn't put it up next to jesus and how he walked there'd be a gap there We are better off as humans in this life right now because we have Jesus to look towards. Our relationships are better as we copy his relationships. Our lives, as we look at our goals, as we look at what we value, we can look at Jesus and see what he valued. And as we replicate that, it's for our own good. It's a huge gift of grace that Jesus came in the flesh and dwelt among us. We can look and see how he cared about, above all else, the will of the Father and how that played out in his daily life. That's eye opening for us. That's grace from God giving us. He's not just saying, here's my design, here's the world recipes together you guys figure it out you have the law we'll see you at the end he comes and says let me show you how to do it even though i have all this i'll walk here with you because i care that's the depth of his grace that's the level of his blessing how shameful for us to think that his blessing has to do with goods, has to do with property has to do with status we all experience vast amounts of blessing just simply because we have his word here because we can see how Jesus walked. It's a a great gift that we miss out on if we don't take time to look at it So he came and he dwelt among us, and from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He, Jesus Christ, has made him known. You desire to know your creator? Look at Jesus. I guarantee you desire to know your creator. Because I know your creator designs you that way. For remember, in the Garden of Eden... God creates a paradise and Adam and Eve walked and talked, that's relationship, walked and talked in the evening and it was good. That moment, things were perfect, things were operating how they were supposed to operate. Before sin entered, God's design was relationship connected between God and us, between Creator and creation. And the end goal, heaven, is exactly the same thing relationship, connection between Creator and creation. And it's a sandwich. It's just not in the beginning and the end. In the middle is the exact same thing. Connection between creator and his creation. In spite of a broken world, in spite of your sins, you want to feel fulfilled, purpose, like everything's okay? Hold on to that solid rock and hold it tight. You were built for one thing and one thing alone. You try and find your satisfaction in other things, you're not knowing what you need to know. You're not knowing who you need to know. We live our lives mainly distracted mainly looking past our nose at simple, shiny doodads. And we get surprised day after day after day. Why it's never enough. Consider where humanity began Consider where humanity is going to end. The goal, the purpose, is the same here and today. It's connection with your creator. And because your creator is good, because your creator is full of truth and full of grace, he has revealed himself, he has come near, he has become flesh, and he dwelt among us. And he showed us an example. And as you know, grace upon grace is the cross. You cannot, with your sinful, self centered person, connect with your Creator and make things right. Listen to these words. In 13. Actually, let's go back. 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If you see any truth, if you hear anything of value, it's because God has given you the will to follow him. Praise him for that. How great is his grace that he doesn't leave it to us to figure things out with our logic, to pull ourselves up from our own bootstraps in order to chase down his salvation. Right here, it's very clear. You are not born of blood or the will of the flesh. It's not because you want to. It's not the will of man, but of God. That's why you're born a second time. That's why you're a new creation. That's why your heart spiritually beats Because God makes it beat, just like he beats your physical heart. You have no choice whether or not your heart keeps ticking or not. Physically. And biblically, we see that God, because of his grace, because he is so good, our spiritual lives flourish because of him as well. There's 18 verses here of beauty. The reality is is 30 40 minutes we brush across the top. If there's value in seeing Jesus and embracing the fullness of his grace and truth, I would challenge you to shift your perspective, to shift your schedule, to shift your priorities, to shift your goals and your values to chasing something that fulfills you. And I would challenge you to take enough time on a daily basis to see your nose. It's right in front of your eyes. It's right there every day. You wake up and his beauty is there. Both in you and around you. Take the time to recognize that. We were made for it. We can see it from creation to heaven. God has one purpose. He has one design. And that is unity of creator to creation truth and how full of grace is that that he comes near to us, that he dwelt among us that he brought redemption and renewal another way to say it is communion tied in tight with him what we're about to celebrate here Matt, if you could say a few words.